0: Well, good morning! Good to see you. Hey, today we're wrapping up a three-part message series called Table Talk, and what we've been doing is having family conversations as a church family, if you will, in preparation for our Uptown move in 2020. And so today I've got a really, really strong burden to get this message across to you because honestly, It's one of the most important messages I believe that I could ever preach as your pastor to this church body called Crossroads. And at the same time, I think it's one of the most difficult messages for people to grasp and believe about themselves. All right? So what I'm asking is for a little bit of help from you today and really focusing. And I'd also like to just pray and uh, invite God to be right smack dab in the middle of this. Father... uh, We thank you for today. I thank you, God, that um, you brought us all together in this season, this time in history. We're here today to worship you. We pray that you would have your way in our hearts, that you would inspire us. Let us see ourselves and this world and your church the way you do. And um, God, we give you the honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. In week one of this series, we talked about the fact that all are invited at Crossroads, that God wants all people invited into His family. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, the gospel is for you. That people are all welcome and God doesn't want anyone left out. Last week we talked about the way that you could make the greatest investment of all time is by investing in God's work and in God and people. Because God and people are the only two things that are gonna last for all eternity. Everything else, either the moths will eat up or rust will destroy it. And so people and God are where it's at. So we talked about making an investment with your life. Today, I want to talk to you about the fact that you really, really matter, that this church thing really, really matters, that you're invaluable in God's work. That doesn't mean that you're not valuable. It means exactly the opposite, that you are immensely, immensely valuable to God. You're valuable, first of all, because God made you to be you. So God, you're valuable to God because he made you. He made you unique. He designed you like no other human being ever has been nor ever will be exactly like you. He put you in this season of ministry, this season of the world's history, because this was the time that you could do the most to bring honor and glory to his name. That's that's who you are. Jesus told a parable about a a shepherd that had a 100 sheep. One of the sheep was lost. Jesus said the shepherd left the 99 to find the one because every sheep mattered that much to the shepherd. That's how valuable you are and I am to God. Let me just illustrate it this way. Imagine if I had a 100 paper cups, 100 paper cups. You got a box of them at the store. You have a 100 of them. If you start counting those and you find out you only have 99, I doubt anybody in this room is going to freak out because they're missing a cup, right? Yet I'm supposed to have 100, I have 99. Oh, let me call, let me complain, right? You don't care. It's a cup. I have four grandkids. If I gathered all four of them, we went somewhere together and one of them was missing, I'm going all frantic all over the place trying to find one, right? Why? Because they matter that much to me. I wouldn't say, oh, what the heck, I got three more. <laughs> Losing one's not a big deal, right? I get three more. Why do we do that? Because people matter to us. You matter to God. Can I tell you you're not a paper cup? You're a unique, one-of-a-kind masterpiece. And you're valuable to God. That's who you are. Don't forget that today. Don't forget that today. You're valuable to God. You matter to God. You're not a paper cup. You were created unique by God for this time in history so that your life can bring honor and glory to him. The reason this message is so difficult for people to get is because we look at people in the church. We look at the church. We don't totally understand it. We see people that are serving invisible roles at church, and you think, wow, I could never play the drums like Todd. I could never sing like her or sing like him or do that. I don't have that ability. I couldn't do this or that. And we look at that. And so we just say, no big deal, right? Like everything seems to be going fine. Like there must have enough parts because things seem to go together. Well, I don't think I could really add to that. Like I don't have what it takes. Plus I've got a past, right? I, I know my story. I've got limitations physically. Can I tell you all that? God knows. But he still says you're valuable, that there's work for you to do. So if you would, take out your message outlines. You can follow along, fill in the blanks. Let me just give you a heads up. We're going to fill in the blanks rather, relatively quick today. And uh, don't think we're done. <laughs> I'm about half done when we do that. So don't sneak out early because you don't want to miss the back end. This is where the rubber's going to hit the road. I want to show you a metaphor from the Apostle Paul that he used sharing with the people of Corinthians, the Corinthian believers... They would have been a lot like us. They had past. They had stories. Many of them were slaves. They weren't, most of them weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They were struggling to see as they gave their life to Christ in faith, how do I fit into God's work, his church, because I'm not as talented and I'm, what about this and what about that? And he was trying to get them to understand how valuable they were to God and God's work. So he gives this comparison. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. He says, the human body, he's trying to explain this to these Corinthian believers. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So he said, listen, your body has many parts. Some that you see, some that you don't see. We've got many parts in our body. And he says, you together your body parts in Christ's body. He's got his body like your body has many parts. You're all the different parts. And collectively, as believers in Corinth, you make up the body of Christ there. So he's comparing the body of Christ, the church, to the body of a human being, which I mean, think about that. There's many parts. We've got eyes. We've got ears. We've got a nose. We've got mouth. We've got hands. We've got feet. We've got legs, arms, all the organs that you and I have, right? All those body parts make up your one body. Paul's trying to tell them all of us as believers in Corinth make up the Corinthian church. We're one body in Christ. But you all have, you're all different parts. Now here's what's interesting. On my own, I'm a Christ follower or a Christian, a disciple, whatever you want to call me. But when I join with other believers, it changes my identity and it changes yours. Let me me illustrate it this way. I'm going to list off some animals. You tell me what a group of those animals are called, if you know it. Just go ahead and say it out loud. First service, they're bright. They're bright. We know what an elephant is, but what do you call a group of elephants? A herd. You guys are smart, too. What do you call a group of lions? Pride. Wow, you guys are good. What do you call a group of cheetahs? (laughs) And it's not Cheetos. (laughs) <laughs> I thought cheetos it 's not cheetos it 's not Congress. that would probably be better saved for the next one. Um, a group of cheetahs is actually called a coalition a coalition. yeah, you just learned something and what yeah exactly what 's that mean? What about a group of donkeys? Be careful, church people a group of donkeys is actually called. A pace, P-A-C-E, pace. So you learned something today, if nothing else. Here's what we know. When you have one animal, it's one thing. When you put a group of animals, it changes their identity. Paul, listen, he wants us to understand as he wanted the Corinthian believers. One believer is a Christ follower, a disciple, a follower of Christ, whatever you want to call one of us. That's who I am. But when I come together with another group of believers in a church, we become the church. I'm a follower of Christ on my own, but when we come together, we make up the church and we are one body with many, many parts. Make sense? Like your body. That's what he's trying to get across. That's what I want you to get in your head is that we together form something that we can't do alone. We come together, worship God, but we're empowered by his spirit to make a difference in this community and this world. We're called to be his church. We're one body, Crossroads, with many parts. Every believer that calls this their home, you're a body part and you matter to God and you can make a difference when connected to the rest of us. And I don't think we really understand how powerful that can be. We've seen a lot of great things at Crossroads in 32 years. That's been done with few people and then few more and a few more and a few more. But never have we ever had every believer at Crossroads involved on the field doing something to bring honor and glory to God as a body part to make up this full body. And I believe our best is yet to come. And I believe that if you and I will get a hold of this and grasp it and own it, we can see things done in this community that's never, ever happened to bring honor and glory to him. Listen, your God created you unique. He sent his son to die for you. His spirit lives in you if you're a follower of Christ and you are an invaluable body part that makes up this body of Christ called Crossroads. Now, fill this in if you're taking notes. Here's the first thing I want you to not miss. Every part of the body matters. Every part of the body matters. There's no extra parts. And one part is not any more important than the next part. It's almost as if Paul was writing this, he could sense that the people were not really getting how important they were. That what they do could really matter that much. Like if I wasn't really here, like if all you do is either come or not come on Sunday, you don't really get it. Because church isn't something we attend as believers, it's who we are, it's our identity. Like you can make a big difference when you're connected to the rest of us. And together we are doing work that brings honor and glory to God. Look at verse 14. He's using this whole metaphor of the body. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? Which we would, of course, say, of course not. This visual makes me laugh, though, if the whole body were an eye. Can you just picture that for a second? If your whole body was an eye, you'd be a weird-looking thing, right? If the whole body were an eye, he says, how would you hear? the answer is you wouldn't. You'd see great, but you wouldn't hear. If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell something? You wouldn't because your mouth and your taste buds have a different part and responsibility than your ears, You see, together is what makes you effective. I love this portion of scripture here because I'm such a visual learner and I like the way that Paul looks at this and he contrasts the eyes and the ears because let's just think about it. On a normal day in most people, what gets more attention, your eyes or your ears? Eyes. I could see where an ear would be jealous of an eye. No one's ever said, oh, I just love staring into your ears. Nobody ever does that. If you're dating somebody and they do that, you probably ought to break up with them right now. I mean, I'm just saying, right? Anybody ever told you had bedroom ears? No, that'd be weird. Again, I would leave those folks, right? You ever seen a movie made about ears? The Hills Have Ears? Doesn't work, right? How about one of the James Bonds for your ears only? That's, that doesn't even sound right. But it's about the eyes. I could see where an ear would be jealous of the eye. But they have two completely different functions. You're not the same. Your body wouldn't be the same without those. Same with all of us. We all have different parts. Every body part matters. I'm just one part of this body. You need to think of yourself. You're one part, but you're a unique part that God designed and built you the way he designed you, unique to anybody else. And he's put you in this church, in this season of history, in all the history of the world. God chose you and I to be born in the same moment in history to do something together that he's had orchestrated that we can't do without all the parts working together. And you're one of those parts if you know Christ. Look at verse 22. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest, he says, they seem like they're the least important, are actually the most necessary. I could say that of your human body. We spend way more attention on the outside of our body than we do caring for ourselves on the inside. And some of our most valuable parts, like if your heart stops beating, you're in trouble. I don't care how good you look on the outside. Every single part matters. Your role matters to the heart of God. It matters in this church body called Crossroads. Speaking of body parts, do you realize even your hand, right? Like... Certain parts of your hand get more attention than the others. Your thumb, not, not that much attention, right? You got a pointer finger, that gets more attention. We have a middle finger, which does a lot of things, most of which don't glorify God if you use that by itself, right? Then we have a ring finger. Some of you say, yeah, like mine's missing something there, right? That's a pretty important finger. And then the poor pinky gets overlooked. All it does is go wee, wee, wee all the way home, right? But did you know that the strength in your hand, 50% of it comes from your pinky finger? Did you know that? 50% of the strength in your hand comes from your pinky finger. And look at all the lack of attention that you give it. How many of you know what your uvula is? Some of us. Everybody in this room has one. It's that little dangly thing in the back of your mouth that hangs on top and just flaps around. Do you know what that thing does for you? You've never even thanked it? It produces saliva. That's what moistens your mouth. Do you know that in an average lifespan, do you know how much saliva your uvula is going to make? Two swimming pools full. Isn't that amazing? And you didn't even know it. That body part has a function. It makes your body more effective and it's just doing its thing. What if Christ's body, what if we all did our thing? What if we all discovered what our thing was? What if, you dis- what if you discovered that God created you on purpose for a purpose and with a purpose and you just did that thing in the course of his body? You know what would happen if every believer in across the world did that today? We'd change the world overnight. You know what would happen to all the hungry people they'd get fed. Do you know what would happen with all the people that can't get clean drinking water and little kids die from parasites that get in their lungs? Do you know if the body of Christ all across this globe made priorities priorities? Do you know that would disappear? You know what happened in this community if all of us found out what we ought to be doing that involves other people in God, and we did it? You know, people that are living a hopeless life today would find hope in Christ because you and I were doing our thing and we had our priorities in order and together as a church body and if we could get every church in this community to do their thing we can change this community that's what we're talking about this is going to sound really weird but do you know your armpit hair has a purpose do you know that like under a man's arm with hair, that that hair diffuses the odor and it says it makes you appealing to your mate. So now, you know, I never. people always ask me, how did you get Debbie? And I had no idea. Now I know. <laughs> it's my armpit hair. Now, ladies, I, I didn't do the research. I'm not sure what happens with you when you shave it all off. But I'm, I'm glad you do. But I just don't know what that does. But I'm speaking from a man's perspective. I know, you got a lot more than you signed up for today, didn't you, already? (laughs) Listen, fill this in if you're taking notes. And again, we're not even, we're about halfway done. But we're going to expound on this. Sometimes what you do is not as visible. Sometimes what you do is not as visible. Just like that uvula, right? Just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not important. Just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not important. Whatever part of the body that God wants you to be a part in his church, listen, it might not be as visible as some of the other parts. It's just as important because one part is not any more important than the other. You know what? When I look over 32 years of history at Crossroads and the many, many lives that have been affected and changed and the work that we've been able to do, you know what I equate a lot of it to? To the prayer warriors that we have that nobody ever sees. That you have no idea how many people spend time every single week on their knees praying for you folks, praying for this community, praying for me, praying for our family, praying for our church leaders, and nobody even knows it's going on. But I have no doubt that God uses that and that that is one of the greatest reasons why we've seen some of the things that we've been able to see and be a part of. You didn't even know that, right? Right? You have no idea all these unseen parts. You, many of you have no idea that people get here at 5 or 6 in the morning every Sunday morning and drag trailers and unload trailers and take them to every children's space so your kids and the people that bring kids into this space on a Sunday morning can be taught about Jesus Christ at their own age level. You have no idea all this band equipment stuff that gets hauled from upstairs to downstairs and in trailers and spread out. And then after we all leave and by the time you're sitting in a restaurant, somebody's still picking all this stuff and repacking it and dragging it away. And you know what? You don't know their name. We don't have like a, a poster board. We probably should with all their names and faces on it. But if they didn't do that, nothing that we do here happens. Nothing happens. They're behind the scenes. They're invisible, but they're certainly important to every bit of work that happens here at Crossroads. I don't know what your part is, but there's a part for you. You are a part. Whether you're visible or invisible of what you do, it's important to the body called Crossroads. I'll give you another example. Let me, let me throw out a name. It's a man's name. See if you recognize this name. If you recognize this name, just put your hand up. His name is Dana Altimore. Anybody know that name? There was three hands up in the first service, none this service. Dana Altimore is a a man that's a a Christ follower. He uh, has pastored a church almost his whole life. He's like in his early 60s. He has never pastored a church more than 100 people. And I know him for several reasons, but I know that Dana would tell you he wasn't ever sure if he's really made much of a difference. Okay, but Dana Altimore is the man that I ran into on a golf course as a young 20-something engineer, and he shared the gospel with me, and because of him, I crossed the line of faith and gave my heart and life to Christ in the floorboard of his pickup truck on a golf course in San Saba, Texas. Dana and I speak still on a regular basis, and it wasn't too long ago when we had our 25th anniversary, so seven years ago, I... Flew him and his wife out to be a part of our 25th anniversary. And Dana was just in tears because he said little did he know. And how could he know? I didn't know what God had planned just because he was obedient and shared the good news of Jesus Christ with a punky little 20-something engineer on a golf course. Neither one of us had any idea all that God had planned. Now, I don't say that to say anything about me. I say that about God. And about people that are obedient to do their part. You get to lock eyes with people I'll never lock eyes with. You get to share your faith story with people that I'll never meet. You get to interact with your places of work and a place that I'll never get to interact. You and I get to be our body part no matter where we go, but collectively together, God wants to use to do something way, way bigger than any of us could be a part of ourselves. And we don't know all that He has planned. Isn't that amazing? To think about that. You know what I wonder about? I bet people that work here in Kid Crossing or work with students on Monday night or our our branded ministry on Monday night, college night here at Crossroads, you have no idea the investment of your time to teach a kid about Jesus at their age level. You have no idea what God is going to do in that child's life as they get older. You may not know the investment of a teenager and working with them of what God has planned for them. You never, ever know what's going to happen when you're just interacting and using what you have that's been given to you by God to pick up a piece of paper, to make have a smile when you hold the door open for somebody that is coming through these doors as a last hope to find out what in the world this life is all about. You have no idea. Every part matters. And if every part is not active, then we're not as effective as we can be. You're part of the body and you matter. That's how important you are. And the church is incomplete without your contribution. You're called by God. You were chosen by God. You are uniquely shaped by God and put in this history at this time to be a part of something that brings honor and glory to him. That's how you are. That's who you are. Can I tell you something if you're a Christ follower? If you're not using your body, your gifts that you've given, you're dormant. You're ineffective, and God doesn't want you to be. How many of you ever um, fell asleep on your arm or something? You woke up, and it was all tingly, and you couldn't even move it, right? Or your leg. Your leg falls asleep, and your foot feels like it's this big, and you're trying to walk normal, but you can't walk normal? And people are like, what's wrong? And you're like, my leg fell asleep? Because you still have two legs, but one of them is asleep, and so it's inactive and it's invaluable. It's not making the contribution. You could say, my arm right now, it's just useless. It's just hanging there and it's tingling. Can I tell you, as a body of Christ, that if you've crossed the line of faith, you're a valuable part, but if you're not on the field working, if you're not using what God has gifted you to contribute to his work in this community, in this world, in this season, then you're asleep. You're dormant. You're like that body part that's fallen asleep. And I would ask you with love to please, please wake up. You're an invaluable body part. And God wants to do something greater than you through you connected to other believers in this community, in this world, at this season of history. We got to wake up body parts, For all of you that are active and participating and serving and giving and loving, all of you, I can't thank you enough for all the areas that you're impacting. But for the rest of you, listen, you're too valuable to be dormant. You see, Christians, as Christ followers, church isn't a building that you decide if you're going to on Sunday or not. It's not just an institution that we're a part of. It's a living organism. It's made up of many parts, and we make up one body. And together, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We don't go to church to meet our needs. We realize as a church, working all together, that we exist to meet the needs of this community and this world. We're an invaluable part of the body of Christ. And some of you still want to say, you know what, yeah, but... You don't know my story. You don't know how bad I've messed up. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how much I struggle. You're right, I don't. But your past, can I just tell you this? If you're in Christ, your past does not disqualify you from being used by God. Oftentimes, can I tell you, your past is God's way, even though you did it, a lot of it you're responsible for? God can take all things and work them together for the good for those of us that love Him and are called according to the purpose. Your past, God can use. He doesn't waste a hurt. He can use your past to help someone else that's currently where you used to be because who better to talk to them than you? Who's been changed? Who's been transformed? Who's been forgiven? You see, there's things that you can do to other people or help them with that I can't help because I don't have that past. I've got a past. Matter of fact, it's not been too many years my wife ran into a a person that she knew and found out that I went to school with this, this lady, right? And my wife was talking to her about church and said, hey, you know, if you don't have a church home, we'd love you to come. She said, I could never go to Crossroads. And my wife said, why? And she said, because I knew Scott in high school. Listen, there's no doubt I wasn't the same person then that I am today. But I don't look at that disqualifying me. I look at that as qualifying me. That's part of my resume. I look back and say, wow, God, I can't believe that all that I've done and been a part of that you can use me. But you know what I really feel? I can talk to people. I can relate to people because of my past that I couldn't relate to without that past. I can point people to the hope that I found in Christ because I found that hope. I can tell people that are misdirected and thinking life is all about what you get and how much you hold on to and and miss the purpose that you were created and miss the God that loves you. I've been down that road. I've lived that life and I can point people because of where I've been to the hope that I found in Christ on a golf course. Listen, you say, but I was an addict. I struggle. I still have doubts. I still don't know that much about the Bible. I don't, listen, it doesn't matter. God will take you where you're at and use you connected to other body parts to make a difference that's way beyond anything you and I could do on our own. You matter to God. You matter. You matter. We're often intimidated by the people that sing well or pray well or play an instrument well or greet people well or whatever. They teach well, whatever the deal is. And we think, I'm less than that. Listen, God didn't design you to be somebody else. He designed you to be you. I want you to imagine, just imagine, from your perspective, as best you can, all the things that we do as a church and we have for 32 years, imagine... If we can do that with some of the people on board, half of the people on board, 60%, 70% on board, what would happen if we were all on board? What happens if we all used our time, our talent, and our resources for something bigger than us, connected as one body in this community? Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine the hope that could be brought? Can you imagine the people that are hungry that could be fed? Can you imagine the people that are living life every single day not knowing if they even want to be around here another day to be able to share that with them about a God that says they matter to him, that he created them unique, and regardless of what their past has been, that he has a plan for their life and a purpose for their life, and God didn't make any junk. Can you imagine having a conversation with a young teenage girl that found out that she's pregnant and her boyfriend that said, I'll always be there for you, decided I want nothing to do with you? And her family is so beside themselves and so angry that they push her out of the house and say, you're on your own and she's looking for answers and what do I do with this unborn baby? And she thinks, maybe I could go to a church, but no, I'm sure I'll be judged and they're not going to welcome me and they're going to judge me and critique me and all of that. But imagine if there's a church, if there's a place, if there's people that build a lighthouse of hope in this community and they say, you know what? We know of a place or we're a group of people or we've got some ladies that will partner with you that will come alongside of you not to judge you but to care for you, to give you a hope, to talk to you about what can happen and teach you some skills. And if even if it's not you keeping that baby, it's getting that baby to a home where someone will love that baby and raise them. It's a valuable life. What if we were that place? And you think, oh, all churches and everywhere we go is like that. No, we've got some great ministries in this community, no doubt about it, but we don't have enough. You know why I know we don't have enough? Because every Christian in this community is not actively being a part. That's how I know. We want to build a lighthouse right in the heart of this city. That's why we're moving back uptown, to be right smack dab in the heart of the city that God wants us to make an impact on. And we want you to be a part of it. Think of what would be possible if we're all invaluable. If we all realize that, if we're doing something that's way bigger than ourselves. You say, I don't know if I can do that much. Every bit matters. Every gift matters. Every bit of time that's invested in other people for God's purpose and His work. It matters. And it matters to be connected with others in this family called Crossroads. Because together we can do what we can't do alone. I can promise you this, because I can only speak for me, that with everything in me, I'm going to do my part as we move forward, as we move in 2020, as we continue being the church called Crossroads in this city called Adrian, Michigan. I'm going to do my part. But I want all of you to know that you're invited, that you're invaluable. Now, here's what I'd like to do. Here's kind of where the rubber hits the road. If you would take out your communication card, we're not done, so please... Don't uh, think we're done and slip out to serve or whatever you're doing because we're not. I'm going to ask you, I can't make you turn this card in today, nor would I if I could because that wouldn't make a difference if you're forced. But I would ask that you put your name and your contact information just in case you decide, and I hope many of you will, to turn this in in a few minutes. So I want you to be ready with that. If you choose not to turn it in, it's no big deal. You just fold it up and take it home. For those of you that are already serving at Crossroads, you're serving in this community, you're serving in ministry in this community, um, listen, this may be for you. It may not be for you. We're not asking you, listen, if you already play the drums or you're part of the worship team or you teach in Kid Crossing or work, listen, I'm not asking you to write down that serving area again because you're already there, all right? But if you don't have a serving role, if you're not connected to a team here at Crossroads, if you're not plugged in into a ministry doing God's work this way, then this is for you. And I'm going to specifically in this section talk about what we're looking to add to body parts, if you will, as we look forward to the move in 2020. We look at two serving areas at Crossroads. The first one is always built on your shape. Five things that make you unique, that God made you unique. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality experiences. That's your God-given shape. We want your primary serving role to fit in that. And we can help you discover what that is. The secondary way that you serve at Crossroads is just because you're a part of the family. And so there's chores, there's responsibilities, there's things we need to get done that you don't necessarily have to be gifted to do it, but we need it done right? So in other words, in my house, there's certain things my wife is cut out to do and she's got skill that I can't do. She does those things. The things that I'm cut out to do and I have skill that she doesn't, I do those things. Then there's other things like taking out the trash or or washing dishes or running the vacuum cleaner or whatever that either one of us can do. So we just share those things. So you can, we want to help you discover your God-given shape and plug you in. The other thing is, is, hey, here's just some needs, some opportunities for you as a family member of Crossroads to be a part of. So I'm going to, to list some of these for you, but I want you to imagine, and then I'm going to give you some, just a couple words to write down. If you, there's an area where you said, boy, I could do that. I think that'd be fun. I'd love to explore that. These are not dead end streets. These are opportunities. All right. This doesn't lock you in. We're not asking you to sign a year commitment to doing this one thing. This is a starting point, but today's your day. Today is moving day, if you will, planning our move and we need you active. The first thing I want to do is share with you some of the vision for uptown, if you will. Uh, When I was on vacation earlier this summer, I spent some time downtown in the morning on a Sunday morning just to see what kind of things go on. And it's pretty interesting. In some ways, it's, it's not real active, but there's more activity than you would ever think. People getting up early, driving to pick up a newspaper. Um, for a Sunday paper, there's people that drive early to go get a cup of coffee somewhere. It's very evident, or to go get breakfast somewhere. They're up and they're moving around. And what I notice in downtown is that there's hundreds and hundreds of cars that are not going to church on Sunday morning. They're going other places. So I want you to imagine us being right downtown in the hub of crossroads and having people out on street corners that are waving and people with vests that are smiling on a Sunday morning. People drive by and they're going to say, "What in the world? What kind of people smile on a?" Sunday morning. And what are these crazy people doing out smiling? Don't they know Monday's coming tomorrow? Like, oh, I didn't even want to get out of bed this morning, but I'm going because I got to start my day with coffee. What's going on? I believe if we can have people, listen, we're going to add so much to our traffic team instead of having people, three or four people on each side of the parking lot to help people find parking spot. We're going to use several parking lots downtown. We're going to use street corners. We're going to have such a presence on a Sunday morning that people are going to have to wonder what in the world is going on and why are these people so happy? And that we get to make that impact. I believe if we can be so welcoming and so loving to people and brighten their day, we've had it here. People stopping in because we want to see what was going on, that once they come in, whether they buy what we're selling or not, they're going to realize this is a place where you're accepted, where you're loved, where you can come and you are. And it starts in the parking lot and it ends in the parking lot. So we're going to add to our traffic team. We want about 40 new people to join our traffic team so we can have a presence of 15 or so people every Sunday morning with signs and vests and directing traffic and parking cars and interacting with people right downtown in the heart of this city. Speaking of that, let me show you a couple of photos. These are aerial photos. You'll see right on the bottom in the center is Crossroads Community Church. You'll see the parking lot that we have right behind our building. There's 51 parking spots there. So who's going to park in those spots? Well, me, because I get there really early, so I'm going to park right up. No, I'm not. I'm going to park far out, just like we ask our volunteers and our staff to do now, because we want our guests to be able to get the front parking spots. We want people that come to Crossroads that need more care and attention. You can't walk because of disabilities. You're going to use that parking lot. People that bring in new kids and bring in kids that need more time. you got six kids in your car to unload there. People that arrive late. Not our people that know better, but late, thriving guests that don't know where to go. That's the parking lot we're gonna, they're going to park in. We, as staff and first arrivers, are going to park over in the far end, the north end of the big boy parking lot because they're going to let us use that spot. We're going to use that so our people that are guests don't jaywalk across the street. We'll do that. All right, so we're going to park over there. Let me show you a couple other parking spots. One is right behind the Croswell. There's like 62 parking spots right there that we're able to use. The city has agreed. They're first come, first serve. They plow that. They make sure it's ready early in the morning, and that will be a parking lot for us. And then the third lot that we're going to have is where the farmer's market is, and there's 52 spots there where people can park and move in. Now, for those of you that have wondered, that was your number one question where are we going to park? There's enough parking spots in, three, in those three areas plus the street parking with us parking across the street to accommodate. We would have to pack out the place. We'd still have parking spots. The Croswell holds 650 seats. They pack that out occasionally, and they have enough parking. So that's what we're going to utilize for parking. And just for those of you who say, but it seems so far, well, I would say get here earlier <laughs> for one. But I would also say, you know, where our volunteers park in that farmers market lot, because our guests we want to park in the closer lots. But get this, just to show you how perception is everything, and reality is different from that, is if you park in the last parking spot on this parking lot, on in in, in Adrian High School, and you parked in the last parking spot at the farmers market, there's a difference of 20 steps. That's it. So we're good. But our guests are going to get the best parking spots because we know we're the ones hosting every single week people that are looking for hope. We get to do that. So on your communication card, if you're interested in anything guest services, which is cafe, what's happening center, it's guest registration, it's greeter ushers, right? Guest services. We're going to add to our guest services team. Traffic is also included in guest services because it's from parking lot to parking lot. But if you specifically, listen, the mailman delivers the mail, rain, sleet, or snow to give us a bill. We get to do it for Jesus. No joke. The biggest impact, the first interaction anybody will have at this church begins and ends in the parking lot. And so we're looking to add 40 people. If you're into traffic, specifically put traffic on the back of your card, you will be contacted. Let me tell you about a couple of other areas. There's so many areas. Listen, don't take no for an answer. We're not going to tell you no. We're going to help plug you in. If there's an other and you're like, man, I got this talent or I think this, would, man, I could really impact, put other and write that in. Let me give you, so we've got guest services, all those things. If you're into setup and tearing things down, like the people that get here early, early on Sunday morning, we're still going to have some of that, but we're going to have all during the week. So people that say, I can't do it maybe on a Sunday morning because of whatever, but I could do it, I could got some hours during the week. If you're into that sort of thing, write setup slash teardown. If you're you're a fix-it type person, repair type person, cleaning type person, oh, I'd love to come in and do that, or move tables and chairs around for things during the week, put facilities, just write facilities on the back of your card. You can do that. There's all kinds of opportunities with kids and students, and I'm going to let Brandon, our uh, pastor of families, come out and uh, share with you a minute or two about families and
1: kids and students. Hey, uh, so we get the awesome opportunity here through Crossroads to just invest in kids and students every week. Uh, They need it, right? Kids and students are in a very just developmental places in life where they just need some extra positivity and a little extra Jesus. And we get the awesome opportunity to invest in them. So we are looking at family ministries, whether that's from like the, the babies and the little ones all the way up to the high schoolers, for just some people to come and hang out and invest in them. And that might sound really scary, like, oh, they scare me. That's okay, they scare me too. Really what we need is some people just to come and have fun. Because if you're helping kids have fun and helping them get through a... Sunday morning worship experience, and you're having more fun than they are, then they're going to start having more fun, and then they're going to be more open to what Jesus and the Holy Spirit wants to do in their lives. So it sounds kind of scary sometimes. for me to come hang out with a bunch of little kids? But it's not scary. If you're a person that is able to have fun, come join us in Family Ministries, because we're going to have a ton of fun, and we get to join what God's doing in the lives of kids and students and families. So on your communication card, just write FAM, and then we'll get a hold of you. Whether it's babies, middle schoolers, which are my favorite, they seem the scariest, but they're not, trust me, or high schoolers, whatever age that is, we'll get hold of you.
0: Great, thanks, Brandon. So write fam on your card if that's you. Listen, we've never moved in the history of Crossroads, and we've moved several times, seven times in the history of Crossroads. We've never moved just to move. The reason we are investing so much downtown in that building is because it's a tool to reach people. We're building right in the heart of this city that God wants us to reach. On purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. And I just want you to imagine what can happen if we all work together to do that. Is there going to be some challenges? Of course there will. There always will be challenges. Is it going to be messy? Absolutely, ministry is messy. I tell people all the time, I have the greatest job in the world, I get to work with people. It's a... Part of my job I love the most. The most challenging part of my work, people. Listen, <laughs> that's, that's us. But that's the work that God gave us as his church. People matter. You matter. And if you know Christ, you've got a place. You've got a place. There's a lot of Christians across this world that are doing nothing. But there's not a Christian on this globe that has nothing to do. You've probably heard, as I've heard people say, I think you can be a Christian and not be a part of a church. You can, you just can't be an obedient one. If we're a valuable part and one all of us as parts make up a body, if I'm not doing my part, it's sleep, it's dormant and the body. Some of the other body parts are having to make up and work extra hard to compensate for me being asleep. Let's not that be crossroads. Let's let it not be that. You're welcomed, you're wanted. God's got a purpose and a plan and together we can do that. Would you bow your heads with prayer for me and with me? Father, we ask that uh, your spirit would stir within us. God, give us the faith to do what you've uniquely crafted and designed and created us to do. Help us to embrace the fact that we matter. (laughs) That your son dying on a cross for us shows that we matter. For God so loved the world, not the globe, but us as individuals. With all of our past and our hurts and our hang ups and our awful choices, you still said we were worth dying for. And so you sent your son who lived, was beaten and tortured and shed his blood, died on a cross to pay for our sins, so that you could offer us the gift of grace, the gift of eternal life through your son's death and his perfection, because we're not perfect once we cross the line of faith and invite your son in and he takes up residence in us you don't see us anymore you see a perfect son that lives inside of us God thanks for that for some of you you sit here today you've crossed the line of faith and you've got work to do join us for those of you that sit here and say I don't even understand this whole God thing I don't even know where I stand with God Remember that whole story of the sheep? God had a hundred. The shepherd did and one was lost. God brought you here today to tell you you're that sheep. You're the one that was worth going after. He's pursuing you. That tug that you're feeling right now in your heart, say, "Well, I want to be a part of that. Is God working in your heart? He brought you here to say, I love you. And if you'll give him the sinner that you are, and you'll turn from those sins and open up your heart, by faith, and invite Him in as Lord and Savior. Turn from your sin and turn to Him. He'll give you eternal life. He'll come in. And He'll adopt you into His family. If that's you, right where you're seated, make this your prayer. Say, God, I don't understand it all, but I want what I've heard about. I admit that I'm a sinner, and I turn from my sinful ways today. And by faith, I turn to you. Jesus, I invite you in. It's my only hope. My Lord, my Savior. Thanks for dying for me so I can now live for you and for all eternity. And I give you the praise in your name. Amen. That communication card, if you prayed to receive Christ today, on the top right-hand side of that, it says, I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior today. Check that. Let us follow up with you. We're not coming to your house. We'll send you information. How do you begin this new journey that you have? If there's other next steps on there that seem appropriate to you or you're interested in, indicate that. If you have a prayer request, we've got a committed group of people that pray for you, for your loved ones, for whatever's on your heart. You can write that on your card. One of those things that you wrote on the back, if you haven't yet, put that on there and drop it in. You'll be contacted. If for some reason you fall through a crack, that is should not happen. But if it does, for some reason you're not contacted, you call our office. We're going to plug you in. I had a gentleman talk to me after the first service. He had a stroke a year and a half ago he's struggling to walk without the use of of a cane he's got a hand that's not